Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When we saw Jasper Jones for this podcast, mm-hmm. there was a, it was mainly an older sort of crowd. I think it was through a university special screening, right? And... Obviously, no one told the the first year student in front of us that it was only going to be older people because he was there by himself. Anyway, he made a lovely friend, lovely older friend next to him. Lovely old lady. He was yeah. asking if he was a university student and mm-hmm. he was chatting to her. And then yeah. when her friends came, though, did you see him? He, he was, was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> and at the end, he wasn't sure whether he was supposed to say goodbye to her or not because she was talking to her friends. He just left. Did he? Got a phone number though, so that's good. <laughs> G'day, mate. It's me, Lonnie, from Australia. Here with my Sheila. Oh, God. Sine. Hello. We do a podcast. You're listening to it. I don't know why you say that. Like, they know. Okay. Well. They've clicked on it, haven't they? Yeah, they come this far. <laughs> Not a mistake, sure. You're in now. <laughs> How do I turn it off? Oh, no, it sounds interesting. Okay, let me listen. <laughs> is that what it's like? This is I Only Like You, movie review podcast, where we also talk about a different topic. This is our penultimate episode of this series. So something else is happening after that, and you know just as much as what you do at this stage. <laughs> no, something else will be happening soon. This week we have reviewed Jasper Jones. And before we get to that, we've been in our place for about a year and a half now, mm-hmm. thereabouts. It's our first rental place um, as a couple, not with family and stuff like that. And tell me, Sinead, is this a common thing that you receive mail for like a year and a half from people who used to live here? <laughs> even Not even the person that lived here before us. We're S- still getting stuff from the people before times, that. Several times. Yeah. Just get the forwarding stuff going on, guys. <laughs> I understand sometimes you, you know you miss a subscription or, or there's something you know, yeah in that first couple of months sometimes nothing's already happened mm-hmm. we're used to getting stuff from years ago yeah people who were here ages and ages ago crazy but most recently <laughs> most recently we got a little package that's a bit diff- different because normally if it's just the wrong address for an envelope we just write on it you know return to sender, return to sender and, and take it back. To the to put them back in the mail, it's totally fine. This week we got a package for the bloke who was here just for us. This tiny little tiny, square package, maybe like about big as your palm. Yeah, as long as your long hand, as your whole hand, probably. Yeah, just it's a package, small little package. You could feel it's kind of padded, like bubble wrap inside. It came from overseas. It said so on the yeah. front. Yeah. We're like, all right, we'll have to somehow find out the real estate to try and get this to him. Yeah. Later that evening. <laughs> well, it's in that sort of, it's in paper, like white paper, but it's obviously see-through because it was flashing. <laughs> it flashing. Like a light that was just like on a, and off. Like like a bomb, right? I presume. <laughs> this is it. 
it. Snay, Snay, come here. <laughs> it's a tiny little package that's sitting there. To, to be clear, I wasn't, I wasn't scared of it. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, my God, it's flashing. What do I do? I wanted to show you while it was still there. It's a blue light, just a little flashing blue mm. light. And then I went, hang on, that looks familiar. Yeah. And on the package it says dog collar well, we or didn't something read it, like that. obviously, because we yeah. didn't care. And you click it again. And it goes faster. If you click it again, and it goes really slow, and mm-hmm. you click it again, and it goes up. We know this because our family dog has one of them. Yeah, it's a little light thing you put on their collars if walking them at night time, so, so you they can, can be, see them. They, you can see them. They can be seen. Makes awesome. perfect sense. But at the time, we have a tiny little package that's like just flashing, flashing at you. <laughs> um, we assume what might have happened is the bloke who was here before he bought it through PayPal. From overseas, and it just had its old, old details or something. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. But now we've got this dog collar <laughs> that we don't I have anything to do I think there's two in there, by the way. Maybe two. Well, good work, Francesco. <laughs> I tried to not press it too much because I didn't want his batteries to die from this. Oh, well, that's nice of you. Yeah, but also I, I might have pressed it just once again just, just to, to see. Just to see. <laughs> I, I contacted the real estate. They should have a forwarding address. We should be able to sort it out. It's just a little bit annoying. We're getting stuff from, there's been like three or four different names yeah. on the envelope. So it's been so many different people. What if they like use our address as like a front for a drug operation or something? Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. And get sent their supplies here. Next minute we've got the police here arresting mm-hmm. us. Yeah. There's dog calls everywhere. <laughs> They're all flashing. You know what doesn't flash in Jasper Jones? Mm-hmm. Murder. <laughs> Look, not my best segue, no. but Jasper Jones is our film for this week. And just heads up, we're going to talk about spoilers in this one. Can't really do that without... I guess we're all spoiler episodes, really, yeah. for most of our podcasts. <laughs> Jasper Jones is an Australian film directed by Rachel Perkins. And it came out probably a couple months ago, but we missed it. But we saw this screening was on, so we went to see it then, and we're going to talk about it now. So... I don't think they need all that info. Well, no, just why we're doing it now, when it came out in right, yeah, January. Yeah, you know, yeah fair enough. Stars a whole bunch of Australian actors, as you might expect in an Australian film. <laughs> Levi Miller, Hugo Weaving, Tony Collette, and Gory Rice, I think that's how you say her name. I really like. She's going to be a big star, I reckon. Yeah, she was in um, uh, The Nice Guys. Yeah, The Nice Guys, yeah. And apparently she's in the new Spider-Man film. No way. Yeah, as, perhaps as Gwen, I think. Ah, <gasps> Gwen. Pretty soon. <laughs> Dan Wiley's really good as well. He was, yeah, he was really great. The dad. Anyway, yes. Film is it's kind of been promoted as Australian, The Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I, I can see where they've got that from. Yeah, but but no, no, just don't do that. <laughs> Not really. Um, the plot is about a disappearance of a girl in Western Australia in a small country, small town, town. Yeah. small town Western Australia in the nineteen sixties. Um, and Charlie is sort of thrown into the mystery when Jasper Jones, a local Indigenous boy. Um, comes in to help yeah. to cover up the murder. Well, yeah. cover up well, what's happened. Yeah. You have to see the film to, to really get it. And and it's all about what happens after that and about being in Australia in the 1960s and race mm. and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be one of those people who hate Australian films because I'm Australian because I don't. I generally like lots of Australian films. Recently, you watched Lantana. Wonderful. Oh, it's fantastic. How we missed that? I don't know. I, a little too young when it came out. That's what well, happened. But still. 
I don't know why it took us so long to watch it. Yeah. It was incredible. And I really like that we can be here in Australia, we can consume media from overseas, but we still have a real interest in films from Australia. Like, yeah. that's really cool. We get to experience both. best of both worlds, you know? Yeah. And my main problem, and I think this is probably something lots of people have with Australian films, it's not that Australian film equals bad. Mm. It's that I want to support Australian films so much that when they're not quite good... I get really disappointed and perhaps I'm overcritical of them because I want them to be better. Yeah. Because if a film comes out of, I don't know, America or anywhere else in the world, yeah. I don't really have a personal stake in whether it's good or not. I don't really care. Yeah. If the film's coming from our local industry, I want it to be good. Mm. So this one, I'm sure it was, it's good. It did lots of good things, but it wasn't that good. And that, that really, it's really annoying to say that because you'd be accused of hating on your own stuff and, yeah. cultural cringe and that sort of thing. Not the case for me. What do you reckon? It's funny. I kind of enjoyed it overall. Like I mm. liked the feeling that it gave me. It was kind of charming and a yeah. bit nostalgic and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But the story was definitely lacking in places and, mm. again, with just a few little fixes, it could Perhaps. have been yeah. much better. And it comes from a novel originally. A novel did quite well about yeah. 10 years ago and it's – taking that long to become a film. And I wonder with films like that that are translated from novels if a lot of that issue is because of that translation. And some of the stuff felt a bit episodic. Yeah. And, again, I don't want about those sort of those reviewers who know it's come from a novel and assume all the bad things from the novel mm. like and think, oh, obviously this came from being the adaptation. Like, we, you know, we talked about with Fences. Yeah. Everyone reviewed it as a film of a play. Yes. But I wonder if it wasn't that. If you didn't know that, you'd think that. Yeah. This one, I don't know if you with you know applying that adaptation lens to it but having said that some of the stuff like the bit with the with his friend jeffrey at the cricket ground had nothing to do with anything else in the film really See, this is the issue it but, had nothing to do with it but it was so great yeah and, that's the thing <laughs> that's right you know? but perhaps it would have been a good chapter in the book that yeah. wouldn't have taken yeah. away from it a bit different in a in a 90 minute film that everything should you know, have a purpose in a place yes yeah but you're right, it was very charming and it, overall it was it was an enjoyable hour and a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Almost two hours. But some things just let it down for me. Well, I think the issue is I've fallen into the trap that I am quite accusatory of other people falling into <laughs> where it's enjoyable and I loved all those bits with Jeffrey and I loved the kid talk and I, I thought it was really interesting and that distracted me from the actual problems with the mm. film. Yeah. Okay. Um. We both had problems with the plot and of ca characters acting irrationally was our biggest thing. Well, my main issue is that nearly everything that um, Charlie yeah. did was because he was stupid. Yeah. A lot of the plot was powered by his stupidity. Yeah. And not and kind of stupid, like a kid can be stupid, that's fine. Yeah. But just doing stuff that was so totally irrational and didn't that's, make sense. Yeah. That's where the biggest issue is, isn't it, when characters don't act truthfully. Mm. It's why would you do that? Why would you ever do that in that situation? And why was he seemingly fine with Jasper Jones turning up every night? I know. He didn't seem like affected and that didn't no. affect anything else in the film. The girl, see, there was no urgency in her getting a book back which had the key to the puzzle. Mm. Like it was very strange. And then out of nowhere at the end she sets the house on fire. That was like yeah. came from. But see, again, I've fallen into the emotional trap there and yeah. I loved that bit because I was like, yeah, she's Got oh, in the end. It was good, but... I think my biggest issue, and I hate kind of saying this stuff, 
but the lead, Levi Miller, had absolutely no charisma. Yeah. He just sucked the energy out of every scene and he has such a particular way of speaking, a very, very enunciated mm. um, British-Australian way of speaking that almost looks like it's a parody mm. or sounds like it's a parody. Um, I, I think if there was maybe more charismatic lead, I would have been more in it, um, especially when you're acting against Tony Collette. I mean, yeah. you know, that's not your fault. Um, <laughs> she was incredible. She was absolutely incredible. Um, Hugo Weaving was good for his, like, two days. He came on set, obviously, to yeah, film turn, his... turn up in the afternoon, was home yep. by 10 o'clock and, yep. <laughs> and everything on there. Um, but, again, that storyline had a similar thing that we've been complaining about in the last couple of our podcasts, that we knew he was the bad guy with a name like... Mad Jack. Mad Jack. We knew he was too obvious to be yeah. evil. Yeah. Um, he's even in the trailer about, oh, Mad Jack could have killed her. Well, it's obviously not what's going to happen, right, because they wouldn't have put a spoiler like that in the trailer. Yeah, and he was... Yeah, in any sort of mystery, the first guy is never the guy who did it. Exactly. Um, so if they had perhaps played with that a bit, and the same thing, like it was pretty obvious that it wasn't going to be Jasper Jones who had done it. Exactly, yeah. So actually it could have been cooler if it turned out he had done something. Hmm. Yeah. The weirdest thing I thought in that sort of, you know, expectations and in that sort of playing with those sort of things that we expect, we see the dad typing and with like a, a board yes. in front of him. Yep. And Charlie's like, What are you doing in there, Dad? Well, I can't tell you. And then a little bit later he's like, I've written a book. Ooh, okay. <laughs> well, that's blown, why blown away. They were treating it like with such suspicion. I was like, Oh, is he gonna have killed the girl and he's yeah. written a story about it or something? Or like that would have been interesting. But no, that was just he's, he's just writing a book about nothing. Book. And we didn't get to read it because it you know, that's it. Story solved. So weird that bit. So strange. I assume it was a way for him to get closer to his dad and mm. throughout the film, but mm. that, they didn't do that right, I don't think. Mm. It was very much a letdown. Again, maybe that was something that was explored more in the novel, yeah, but we don't perhaps. know. I was thinking as well, the scene where he digs a hole for no reason was stupid. Yeah. But obviously it's meant to be stupid. But that, again, could have been a chapter in a book. Yes. You know, that did, yeah. perhaps wasn't a necessary scene for the rest of the film do you know if the book was written in first person i'm not sure okay my only question is that if it was written in first person you do lose a lot of that inner monologue mm, stuff that yeah, is really tricky to translate into a film mm-hmm. oh it's so hard to adapt books. yeah yeah the fact that we have any good ones any good films amazing it annoyed me at the end when he went to the police office to tell them what he learned and that he was worried about Eliza. It was just solved because they were called away and mm. the house was on fire. Wouldn't it have been interesting, like, if the guy didn't believe him because he thought he was getting back at him because of having the affair with his mother mm. or there was some tension there? Like, it didn't do anything and then it was just over. And you're like, oh, okay. It was kind of cool it wasn't resolved, but also it yeah. wasn't resolved, so what was the point of I know, everything yeah. else? The best scene in the film for me was when um, Eliza takes a note to her mother and then the mm. ripping up and putting in the tea. You knew it was going to happen because the yeah, way the shot was but framed. it was still cool. And it was still cool seeing it. And mm. it was like, that's it, you know. She is too 
I wonder how often that happens, you know, of is too horrific to even contemplate that that happened. Um, yeah, that you just more. can't acknowledge it. Yeah. I also thought it was really obvious Hugo Weaving's character's relationship with Jasper Jones. Those. I picked that or similar. Mm. Um, and again, it's not that it's obvious that I have the issue with. It's the fact that it's treated with such sincerity and gravitas when this information is revealed. And I think it, I don't like the implication that we're a bit stupid because we couldn't have figured that out. Mm. Um, I think that's my issue with this kind of stuff is that it's, you know, the way it's presented and the way it's told is such an obvious, like, I'm your grandfather sort of way. Mm. Luke, I am your father, you know. Maybe we could have been hinted at that or, you know, it was very obvious that he called out his name every time Jasper walked past, that yeah, obviously there was a relationship there. It wasn't evil, yeah. No. Um, and there's obviously a few red herrings in the story, like the sorry written in the car and the tree, which made no sense at all. Um, and the fact that they sat there by the lake until the sun came up. Why were they sitting there? After they discovered it, it was very, again, characters acting strangely and irrationally and not in a, like, cool, irrational way, in a silly, irrational way. I don't know. Like, I was kind of charmed by it, and I think that's what, when I walked out, I was like, oh, good mm. film. But some of those films, when once the emotion's worn off and once they've mm. stopped charming and you look at it properly, mm. structurally. Did it make sense? I don't mm. think so. I think it had too many holes that, mm. you know. I know it's a, the high bar for films to, to be like Whiplash, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. when, we, when we saw Whiplash, yeah. every scene in that film contributes something. Mm. You don't, it's so unpredictable. Every scene, nearly every, nearly every scene has you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. I mean. Why can't all films be like no, no. that? And obviously they're not <laughs> yeah, going to be. I know. But... Whiplash is an exception, isn't it? Mm. It's one of the best films ever made. Mm. It's just. I don't know. I think the first rule in screenwriting is that everything you write about has to have a point, right? It has to have mm. a purpose to your overall story. And there were moments in this that either didn't affect anything or were so, like, strangely affecting of something. It just didn't make sense. Mm. Um, like if it was going to be a film about small-town life in 1960s, mm. they could have maybe had some more of those scenes of just things happening, like the cricket Absolutely. match and everything else. but. Then they made it about a mystery, which no one seems too keen to investigate. Yeah, they looked for a day and then they're like, oh, yeah. I guess she's gone, you know. Um, the issue yeah. that I had too is they obviously included some stuff about the racial tensions and of the small town. I think amp that up even more, you know. Mm. 1960s Australia, there's an Asian family sort of living down the road or next door. It's really interesting. Jasper Jones is Aboriginal mm. or Indigenous. I don't know. It just needed some more. The fact that Charlie was such a passive um, protagonist says to me he's not even needed. Why not make Jasper Jones the protagonist? Make it his story. So we're with him as he discovers the body and as people, mm. you know, question him and we're like, oh, did you do it? That kind of stuff. Wouldn't that have been much more interesting? That could have been cool. Than this character where just everything happens to him and he just wanders around and is like, oh. I would presume perhaps that in the novel it's, seeing through his eyes because he's seeing various elements of the town and stuff. Yeah. But um, that's, really, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. What if we'd actually seen it all from 
from Jasper's point of view. I think it would have been more interesting. As it stands, it's called Jasper Jones, but right? it's really about Charlie. Yeah. And it's, again, one of those other things where the film is about racial tensions and about all this other stuff, but it's seen through a white dude. That's what I, yeah, that's so, what I mean. Yeah. And that's obviously where the To Kill a Mockingbird um, oh, yeah. parallels are drawn, obviously, sure. with Mr. Finch and that kind of stuff. But it's, you know, mm. I don't know. I just don't understand why we're sort of half doing these things. Mm. Like if it's a film about racial tensions and about this guy and you don't know whether he killed her. And the murder investigation and stuff. And all about, you know, race and and that kind of stuff in the 60s here was quite intense. Mm -hmm. Why not put us right in the middle of that? Why do we have to see it like an observer? Like why can't we be in it? Well, why we have seen he goes to the library and then nothing happens. Nothing happens at the library. He took a picture of her and her sister and then did nothing with it. It was so strange. Those kinds of things. Um, And the tension was supposed to be he knew something that might he knew her sister was dead and couldn't tell her and that kind of thing. But no one even asked him a question about it. He no. He wasn't. No. Your biggest issue was the age of the characters, I think. Oh, yeah. I was, that, thanks for reminding me, Snow. No worries. I was going to say, just age up a little bit. Make yeah. them, you know, 15, 16 rather than 12, 13. And so there is added sexual tension with all the characters. They were trying to act like there was this sexuality between them. Like, you're Children, yeah. I really don't buy this. I feel uncomfortable, yeah. actually. So, but then if if they were going to be children, they should have been friends. Yes. And Why do they have to be love interests? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just another point about if they made Jasper the protagonist, he had a whole other world where his mum had passed away and he was living with his dad and his dad and, lived on the outskirts and he was an alcoholic. And, and he was... Um, Half Indigenous, half yes. European, Australian. Exactly, so yeah. That was really interesting. That added could, another element, He just talked it? about it exactly. in like one scene and he turns up, you know, in exactly. three other scenes of the yeah. film. I worry about this kind of stuff where it's okay to have an Indigenous person in your movie as long as there's a white guy that's the main guy, you mm-hmm. know. I think this could this film could have done something really interesting from an Indigenous perspective Mm. about this kind of thing happening. And wouldn't that have been more of an everyman story? I, I don't know. I, For me, Charlie didn't go on a journey in this film. He didn't learn anything. Mm. His, and that's okay if, if the film's still interesting. Absolutely. But that's but the issue, isn't film, it? it wasn't. There was no t- tension. Like the tension was he couldn't tell Eliza that the sister was already dead, but that was removed because she already knew. So well, She didn't seem to care anyway. No. So what was the point? She's too interested know? walking home with him in the library. I just don't understand if she knew what had happened and she had the note. Why did she wait so long to do anything? Why did she wait so long to get the book back? Why did she wait so long to go to her mum? Why did she wait so long to tell Charlie? I just really don't understand that and that's the basis of the film. Like it could have been solved in two seconds and that's Mm -hmm. the issue, you know. There's not enough story there to drag it out for an hour and a half. Anyway, what would you give it out of five? I don't know, two. Hmm. I think I'd probably give it maybe two and a half or three because I was along for it, but I don't think I'd need to watch it again. And my two stars come from Jeffrey. Because he was the best character in the whole film. He was. He was incredible. Yeah. He, he did more. He had more of a journey. That's what I mean. Every <laughs> other character had more of a journey and more of a character yeah. arc than Charlie did. His story was so interesting with the mother, you know, getting tea spilled on her and the thing and no one doing anything to help and... The yeah, he had a chance to racist prove men coming and destroying their yeah. garden. He had a chance to prove himself in the cricket and it was it was so rooting for him. Like his mm. story alone was so much more interesting than like 
you know, his three scenes are so much yeah. more interesting than the whole film with Charlie. Shoddy did the win the game, though. So weird, little just tapped little, it over the top, tap ramp sort of shot. Yeah, nice. weird shot to to pick. Yeah, you know, could just do like a drive. Or, I don't know. He knew he could get four though, because the guy played a wide beforehand, and he oh, needed it off so. the one ball. Yeah, no, no, so that makes more sense. He just jumped up and just tapped yeah, it. Yeah, so he knew he could get an easy four. I yeah. thought it was brilliant. Okay, well, that's true. <laughs> that makes more sense now. Yeah. All right, then that's our review of Jasper Jones and packages that get delivered to us that are dog collars. I'm worried it's not. What if it's not a dog collar? <laughs> what if we think it is and it's not? Well, what's he doing now? He hasn't got it. He's waiting for his, <laughs> his dogs are there. I feel sorry for the dog not yeah. getting walked at night, you yeah. know? We'll, we'll get onto it, mate. Don't worry. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> Okay, that's our second last podcast of this season. Stay tuned for some interesting developments over the next couple of weeks. One more to go. Are we hyping this up enough? Hype, hype, hype. Get on board. <laughs> um, thank you and see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Hype, hype, hype. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.